Hey guys. What's up? I'm Mia, your host. I'm Alex, your other host. So today's gonna be a really interesting episode. Uh, this episode is about a murder case, just to get that straight out of the way. Um, it starts in the year 1989, which I mean is only really known for two other things, Taylor Swift being born and like the Berlin Wall coming down, but whatever. Isn't, isn't um, it also the release of Loveless, the My Bloody Valentine album? Who cares? <laughs> I, I care. I'm pretty... Okay, <laughs> let me double check my facts, but I'm almost certain that it was released in 1999. So, I basically, just to start off, I basically started listening to this case on, uh, it's another podcast, so it's Crime Junkies. I started listening to that case, and they have, like, 30 episodes on, like, this case alone, because there's just so much. Okay, I was wrong. Loveless was released in 1991, and I knew that, and after I gave it some thought, I was like, it definitely was 99, but I just thought I should clarify. Oh, wait, 89, 89. Oh. Yeah, 1989. You Why said you 99. You said 99. Oh. I was like, was Taylor Swift really born in 99? No, she's born in oh. 89. Well. She's only alive for, like, not even a month, and she made it her whole brand. Well, anyways continue so this is a really famous case from the very very small town like the tiniest town of lakeville indiana and it's still going on they're still investigating it so this is the pelly family murder or the 1989 prom night murders and so basically in this little tiny town on april 30th 1989 <gasps> that's two days on, after my birthday that's my friend's yeah. birthday oh Hi, Miles, if you're listening. You're probably not, but hi. Oh. <laughs> okay, so um, so it was a, a nice Sunday morning, and so we have a little tiny white chapel, and it's Olive Branch Church. And so Pastor Bob Pelly was missing, and his whole family was missing, which, if you think about it, Sunday morning inside the church, in a tiny little church, you can tell when people are missing, especially, like, the pastor. Yeah. So... And they, uh, they live in the Parsonagen, which is the, it's like a church house. It's like the pastor's house. So they live like right next door. So it's like, there's, there's no traffic. There's like, you know, it's just like, where are they? So this family consists of Bob and Don. So they're both widows and they, um, got remarried to each other. And Bob from his previous marriage had Jeff, who was 17 Jackie, who was 14, and then Dawn had three girls from her previous marriage, Jessica, Janelle, and Jolene. And so, and they're uh, 10, 8, and 6. And so everybody kind of goes over to the parsonage to like find out what's happening, like why they're running late. All the doors are locked and all the curtains are drawn, which is really weird because like if you think about a church normally they have like an open door policy because one it's not their property it's the church's pro- property and two because if people need help they can walk over to the church right so somebody found a spare key and they opened up the front door and immediately they see pastor bob pelly dead right next to the door with blood splattering the walls like oh. gruesome like really oh. gruesome and then downstairs in the basement 
were Don, Janelle, and Jolene, and they had all been shot in the head, like, execution style, and they were huddled together. And so, but Jeff, Jeff, Jackie, and uh, Jessica, they were all still missing. Okay, so, so like, everyone who is, everyone's at this point have, is either missing or dead. Yeah, so we have four dead people, so two dead children and two dead adults inside the house, and then we have three missing children. And so right, okay. police arrived to the scene pretty much immediately because... That's a problem. That's a very big problem. And this is pretty much, like, an obvious murder. Because there's no... It can't be a murder-suicide because there's no weapon near the bodies. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when you assume that, you know, there's people downstairs that are dead and there's another adult that's upstairs dead by themselves, like, you can assume murder-suicide, but... It has to be logical. There's no murder weapon. There's no murder weapon. How? So... Basically, a, like, hunting, like, a shotgun was used, and it used, um, like, deer slugs, which are these huge bullets. Okay. So, if you've ever seen deer slugs, they're, again, like, huge. Like, this is something, that's why the, the crime scene was just, like, so messy. There was no forced entry, and nothing was stolen, which means that they knew who killed them. They let them into the house purposely. Okay. So, it was, like, so, a, like either someone, I mean, also, like... Could it technically have been anyone? Because if it's, like, a church with, like, open-door policies, what if someone was like, I mean... Hey! Yeah, but they were... They were killed... They had to have been killed pretty late Saturday night. Or, like, kind of, like, later in the day Saturday night. Perfect time and for a traveler. Yeah, but remember that this isn't, This like, is a small town. It's, it's, it's not in like the middle of nowhere, like, Indiana. Right. And even so, yeah. like... If he has, like, his kids and stuff there and you have a random person, why wouldn't you just, like, oh, let's go talk over at the church? You know, like, why are you going to bring them inside your house? I don't know. Even if you are really trusting. No, I know. The Midwest is very homey, you know? They'll be like, hey, what's... It depends also. If they looked kind of, like, sketchy... We'll get into that. Okay, okay. But, um... So, basically, uh, eventually, like, they, they start tracking down these missing kids. And so... Jessica had just arrived home over from a sleepover. So she was there with her friend's mom, which imagine you come back from a sleepover and it's like, oh yeah, both your parents and your two sisters are dead. And Jackie yeah. was, yeah, Jackie was in like a church camp group thing at some college nearby. And then Jeff was at Six Flags over America with all his friends. Because remember, this was the night after prom, prom. the day after prom and so this was like the after prom party and he was there with his girlfriend darla and darla. he said okay. yeah and he said that day like that morning he was like oh like i feel really weird like i feel like something bad happened and everybody was like okay like just chill because the night before he was fine like he was just he was hanging out and then all of a sudden that morning like he's like oh i feel like like i feel like something bad just happened and then um so he just knew because it was he did he stay the night at home no because right after the prom they started driving six flags oh that's why oh so and he knew so, that's like that's called intuition baby i like this jeff guy he so gets it they they picked him up for for questioning because imagine like he had been missing and he was there in six flags right and so they asked him okay well what did you do that day did you see anything weird and so he was like well 
I went to go work at McDonald's and his dad picked him up because he was grounded. Like he was really grounded and he couldn't use his car at all. And then his, dra- his dad drove him home. His friends came over to take some prom photos. Then he left to go meet Darla. And on the way, his car started acting up. So he went to so the gas could, station. Wait, he can use his car now for prom? Well, that we're going to get into that. Okay. So uh, he goes to the gas station to fix it. And he called his girlfriend from the gas station. So there's phone records of this. So we know that he was at the gas station. Like, down to the minute. I'll get into that later. And so he says, I'm running late. And then he meets up with her and their other friends. And basically, for the rest of the day, like, he's he's always with somebody. Okay. Until the police had picked them up. So... So he has when, an alibi. Yeah. So when they're doing the questioning, they're telling him, you know, your, your dad just died, your stepmom just died, and, like, your two stepsisters just died. He, he wasn't really crying, he wasn't really upset, he didn't have a lot of questions, and the lead detective was like, that's weird, like... I mean... Everybody shows grief differently, weird. but... I, I mean, that's weird, but also, like, again, yeah, everyone does show grief differently. Like, well, he kept, when like, I find he out kept, that people like, I know die, I'm telling like, jokes. Oh, oh, that's that's a little strange. Well, like, not telling jokes, jokes, but talking about, like, when he was younger, like, stuff that, like, he would do to, like, make his, like, parents upset. Like, we- like weird things. They're like, you just found out your dad died. Like, why do you... And your mom died a couple years ago from cancer, so, like, you're, like, an orphan at this point. Oh, Jeff the orphan. Like, yeah, so it's, like, so, like, why are you, like, you know... So, and then everyone in the town said that he was grounded to the point where his dad actually took, like, a piece out of his car so the car wouldn't run. Oh, but now it runs. So he was, well, yeah, so he was grounded from everything, and so everything after prom, and he said the only way he was going to get to prom was if a family member drove him, and his dad, Bob, was telling everybody this, like, everybody knew this. So it was like, well, then what what happened for him to get to prom? Well, he drove, obviously. Well, yeah, but so we have um, let's let's get into the crime scene a little bit more. We have Bob and he's a pretty big guy. And so he was found this this house. It's like a it's like a very tiny like the personage is like really, really small. So he was found um, like obviously like on the ground like flat on the ground um and so the way that he was shot though is he had to have been shot from inside the house so they have the living room area right and there's a small hallway and then in the back of that hallway is the master bedroom and then jeff's room and so the way that uh bob was shot he had to have either been shot from somebody in his own room or jeff's room and so he was shot in the chest and then he was shot underneath the chin and then the killer would have then went down to the basement and then shot the the mom and the two girls and the basement the scene in the basement was so bad that there was like blood and brain matter on the walls on the floors on the ceilings like everywhere like it it was that and you know it was that bad and so Everybody was saying that the killer had to have been covered in blood. It had to be covered in basically like all these bodily fluids. So the police then 
find clothes and find clothes inside the washing machine. They find, supposedly, they find like a, they find like a pair of blue jeans, right? And so, and inside the blue jeans, there's a, a receipt and some coins. And the receipt is date the, the same day as the murders. And in the shower, they find um, some like uh, some rags that were used to. They were still damp, so that means that the killer had to have known the house where he was able to clean himself up while he was still inside the house. And then on top of that, in Bob's room in the master bedroom, he had had a shotgun on a rack right above his not right above his bed but right there in the wall right next to his bed and the gun was missing and so was all the ammo huh but this there's some like different opinions about what happened with the gun so jeff and jackie said that bob got rid of the gun because jeff had had uh, he said that he was going to commit suicide around a year ago so he got rid of all the guns inside the house but then okay, jessica she said that she saw the gun the day before before she went on the sleepover oh and she said that she remembered it on the wall what if she's so, what if she's hallucinating that's what i'm saying what if she's misremembering but so yeah, but the, the killer actually picked up every single shell casing so they can't tell exactly what type of gun it is. Ooh. Because the casing will tell you what type of like what type of like bullet it is, so you can you can only use you like, can see, like, of bullets. Right, what kind of bullets. So you can tell, but the killer picked up every single I think there was like six or seven casings that they would have to pull up pick up and they picked up every single one. So where did they put them though? Like they just yeah, okay. Well, they would these. have to get rid of them, like. Or well, yeah, but that's away, what I'm I saying. Guess. Is like throw them away where? Because then at that well, point, where's the, the gun? <laughs> where's the ammo? Where's oh, everything fat. else? It's yeah. Probably, probably in a hole in the, in the ground. Let's be real. Yeah, and so basically, at, at this point, the, the prime suspect is Jeff. Every the police are assuming that it's I mean, Jeff yeah, before it makes they, sense. yeah, before they even picked him up from Six Flags, they were like, "Our killer's Jeff." So they never collected prints because they thought it was going to be Jeff, and that's his house. Oh, yeah. And they, they thought it could only be him. They thought that was the only option. So let's, let's set up a... We're going to set up the timeline really quick. This is what the, the police thought that in this time frame that Jeff had basically killed like half his family, more than half his family. Right. So at 4.30, some kids show up from photos or like part of like the little church group they show up for photos and um so jeff is there like he's he's not in his tux yet though but so he's in um i think he's in a hawaiian shirt and blue jeans oh and so 10 minutes later this guy called matt he comes and he's like oh i forgot my date's corsage so then he has to leave. At 4.50, the kids from the church group leave and Jeff stays. At 5.15, Matt drives by, sees Jeff's car, right? And then at uh, between 5.15 and 5.20, 
Jeff pulls into the gas station. Okay. And at 5.17, that's what I was saying, we had that phone call at 5.17 that he calls his girlfriend Darla from the gas station. So we know that he was at the gas station at 5.17. Mm-hmm. And Jeff says that he left at 4.55 and then Matt's saying that he still saw him there at 5.15. But honestly, that that's like a... Like a 20 minute yeah, difference like, like uh, whatever but still and then at at uh six o'clock more kids show up right and they say that they came to take photos but the curtains were drawn and the doors were locked um, already at six o'clock but think about it so the for it to latest, happen between five let's say he left at five fifteen, between six o'clock it had to have happened in that time frame but the these kids, the kids don't leave until 4.50. The kids, some other group of kids that were taking pictures. And already at 5.17, he's at the gas station for sure. So you're telling me in 30 minutes, and plus remember, so he has to, he has to shoot his dad. He has to shoot his stepmom, his two stepsisters, wash his clothes, right? Get And then clean and then up the clean, part clean of up. the scene. Right. And then, and then get into his car, into drive tux. to the gas No, yeah. get into your well, tux. Not in, the, oh. not in the tux yet. He's not in the tux. Oh, okay, okay. But he still has to take a shower and change into cl- And then he's he he's wearing... Wait, uh, where did he do that then? At home? Well, he changes uh, He changes at his girlfriend's house. Oh, okay. But, but still, so in 30 minutes he has to do this and he has to act like normal the entire night. Well, if he's like a... If he's like a proper, like you know, sociopath, and he just actually, like, killed his family, like, him acting normal is the least of it, but... But but even still, in 30 minutes... Yeah, the, the 30 minutes part is the part that... It, that's... I feel like that's not long enough, but... And even, I would, even, what would I know say, about? Even if he's a sociopath, he would still be kind of worried that... Doesn't he think at a certain point that he's gonna get caught? No, I... I have you ever if he's seen... Thinking, if he's no, thinking about listen, himself... Listen to this, listen to this. I've seen... If he's thinking about himself, sure... I saw the other day um, this, like, video on, like, you know, like, people who commit, like, really, really aggressive, violent crimes, like, murder and stuff like that, like, like mass shootings, and how um, it was, like, how you can tell if they're pretending to be crazy, like, to get a lesser sentence, or instead of going to prison, going to, like, um, you know, like, a mental institution, and yeah. they showed an example in this video, it was, like, two hours long. Um, and they showed an example of someone who was actually crazy, who would, like, and, and it wasn't, like, being, like, oh, yeah, like, I plead insanity. Like, he was just giving the police, like, the account of the, the murder, and he just killed someone just because he could, um, you know, like, whatever. And, yeah. and he was completely normal, like, he wasn't acting, like, he, he wasn't was trying to like say, he was literally, like, yeah. he was literally being, like, yeah, I killed them. And the police were, like, I, I, okay, so you would, you, you plead guilty, you know, like, we saw, we, you know, we saw you running away from the scene, like, trying to get to Canada, like, like, all this stuff, but, like, why? And he was, like, I don't know, like, I just felt like it, like, yeah. you know, like, so he, and completely nonchalant, like, even the people that were, like, yeah, we saw him, like, hitchhiking, like, he literally accidentally, the way he got caught was he was planning to hitchhike to Canada because he did this, like, somewhere in the north, and then he ended up getting a hitchhike, or getting a ride, but it was from a police, and then they kind of figured it out. Yeah. Oh, they hey, were this like, person dead in a ditch two miles down. Hello. Oh. Yeah, but it's also, imagine, this is still, this is still a 17-year-old, like, I mean, like a yeah, teenager. but I'm saying the, if but he's I, actually, It's not even like, that. It's, it's like... 
just because of how let, let's talk about the cleanup just because of how gruesome the crime scene is they collected his clothes that he changed into none of that has like even even if he had he had long it would hair be he had like a mullet him. It how would be all how over would him. he yeah you're telling me that there's there's no way like even under his fingernails like every single no i don't think it was enough time boy. i don't think it was enough time yeah like, i think no i think the act, him acting normal if he did and it him acting normal is Okay, sure. Remember, he has to he has to pick up all the casings and he has to get rid of the gun because they seized his car oh, when he yeah. got to six flags. So then the guy who saw and his they, they car search there, for yeah. Well, I I don't get too I'm worried about the, that. Well, no, because that I'm thinking were the curtains drawn at that point if they still saw his no, car? No, they there. weren't. Oh, so then that like and he said that that was at five fifteen. Then we know that, that it had was to have at, been. Yeah, those five. Then it had to have been between five fifteen. And the time that the other kids said that they came around what six forty? Four fifty. No, the other time because oh, if, if, oh, if at five fifteen, six o'clock. Okay, the so then between five fifteen and six o'clock, the windows had to be drawn. But by that time, we know that Jeff was at the gas station, unless he, he went back. Like, unless he went back and then went out but, to Darla's, but, but that, that doesn't point, make sense because like, he, he was already yeah, heading like, to Darla's. Yeah, because at that point, like his girlfriend already. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. The timeline is like very, very like specific and since they thought it was jeff immediately they didn't that's when i was talking about like the rigor mortis and like liver mortis and stuff like that the coroner didn't bother to do any of that because even even if it's a 20 minute difference that throws off the whole case that means that jeff can't be your killer right but they never took any of that because they assumed for it to be him so the police send a bunch of stuff you gotta to do the, the FBI. Full, the the full thing. This is so I I feel like between this episode and the last one, the trend is basically, hey, if you're a police do or, a or you know, investigator, job. do the steps, even if you think you know the answer. This is like in math class when you'd be like, but I got the answer just because like I know it, and they were like, you have to do the work anyways. This is why. This is why you have to show your work. <laughs> this is why. But basically, the police sent a bunch of stuff to the FBI, and they have to wait because um, the prosecutor said without any real evidence, you can't go after Jeff. Like, it yeah, doesn't... You can't be going after You can't after be like, yeah, I have a hunch. I have a yeah, hunch that there, he didn't. There's <laughs> nothing... Like, yeah, I mean, maybe, like, he does have some reason, I guess, like, if he's really that upset with his dog if he, Yeah, if he, grounded, the only reason would be he really lot. wanted to go to prom. What doesn't make sense to me is that if he didn't do it, how did he get the car and allowed to go to, like, Six Flags? Well, like, was he super Supposedly, um, his sister said that his dad was, uh usually pretty understandable when it came to grounding and said you know later on in the week we can renegotiate your punishment and then we can maybe like trade it off for other things you know what i mean and supposedly like she said that they were supposed to renegotiate certain parts so that that wasn't like in her eyes like she believes that he's innocent and that they were just gonna talk it out and that he just had a change of heart because he saw that his son was really upset and wanted to go to prom and was like you know what and yeah prom is like a once in a lifetime yeah Yeah. like Like, i know kids who were pretty much grounded but then got like ungrounded for prom yeah that's why so he could have he could have seen like okay well like like i get it like you've been pretty good with your punishment like you can have this one thing but when you come back you're grounded right exactly so it could have been something like that but we just we just don't know and so basically, um, the coroner didn't take uh, anything for the time of, bath- time of death. 
and then later that summer they get back the stuff from the FBI and then they just said that the results were inconclusive. I I don't even know what that how do what do you mean they were inconclusive? You're I mean, doing DNA it, testing. What are they inconclusive for? It's either it's <laughs> Jeff or it's not. <laughs> it could be Jeff, but So yeah, the the three remaining kids are basically sent out to different relatives because they have no parents. All right, they're orphans. And yeah, so years pass, and then Jeff reached out to Jessica, and Jessica this entire time thought that it was because she was 10 when they were murdered, and she thought that it was a murder-suicide this entire time because no one wanted to talk to her about it. Right. And um, so Jeff reaches out to her, and then she meets up with him because he now lives in florida and he asks her florida man the first thing that he tells her is well who do you think did it and she's like oh well obviously it's it's gonna be your dad it was you know like he he killed them and then he killed himself and jeff just says oh okay and then just like doesn't push that's really strange if he's if he's guilty then it looks like he wanted to make sure that she didn't, she didn't suspect think it was him, it. him. But if he's innocent, what if he's innocent and he was like, oh, well, you just think it's a, a murder-suicide. Murder, suicide, and I don't want to tell you no that they were actually murdered. Well, because how old is she at this point that they had met up? Like this, it had, I don't know how many years it had been, but it had been a while. Like she was already like an oh, adult so she was at this probably point. old enough to like, no. Hmm. But also at that point, like, would you rather it be like, Oh yeah, your your mom and sister were murdered, and we never found their killer. Or I don't like, know. At least I like, don't know. The, I don't know what Jeff was thinking. The the idea that maybe like okay, like it was just your stepdad. Like at least you know. You know what I mean. We interrupt you folks to bring you a word from our sponsors, and by our sponsors, I mean technical difficulties. Carry on. So basically, yeah. So if he's if he's innocent, it just looks like he he wanted to shield her from the truth. You know. And just, but his sister just thought that he was guilty and he was just trying to make sure that it wasn't him. Um, But in 1994, Jeff was actually arrested for wire fraud. So he was trying to get money, like $20,000 from his trust. And he told his grandpa that he had uh, a surgery for skin cancer and needed $20,000. So that's, that's just like a, he just looks shady, like at this point, you know? So, the lead investigator of, like, the original case, like, he, he was like, look, like, he's, he's not, I, like, years later, like, he's not, uh, you can't trust him, like, he's, he's already, he's had a record, and then in the year 2000, so think about it, this would have to be, like, 11 years later, they decide to reopen the case, and they say, oh, uh, now the case can be solved, we have new information. What was the new information? That he was what? committing wire fraud? <laughs> I guess. But no, but but that's a that's a bold thing to say. That's a bold thing to say on an eleven year old cold case. Oh, we have new information, we can solve well, it now. Well yeah, but if the new information is the prime suspect committed wire fraud, that's not new information. <laughs> so, in two thousand two they arrest Jeff in LA. He had like oh. made a little name for himself and he was working for IBM, which is like a huge thing, and he was coming back from Australia. They immediately arrest him in Los Angeles. They're in LAX. There is no new evidence. There's nothing. The prosecutor just changed. They just got a new prosecutor. 
So yes, so there was new new evidence. <laughs> so I was happened. right. They, they just arrested they Jeff because like, they, they like, hate him. Because they hate it. orphan kids. <laughs> they just hated. There's no evidence that says he did it. You can't arrest someone like that. He did he get read his Miranda rights? Yes. In 2006, it's already four years later, he finally stands trial. And, um... Did they hold him in jail this whole time? Yes! Yes! Which is also illegal! You can't do that! You can't do that! (laughs) Man Man already served his time for wire fraud. Come on. But anyway, so he stands trial, and they're trying to make it seem like, well, Jeff hated Don, and he was grounded... And um, like he, but he already did. Forensics uh, what didn't you, show anything. There's no new evidence. So the jury found him guilty, <laughs> and he was sentenced life in prison. Oh my god! And Jeff and Jackie, to, like, still swear that he's innocent. So we're gonna talk about where this case is. Wait, now. even it's still just, ongoing. I just can't believe that the that the legal system let them just arrest him ba- on no actual new evidence, held him in jail for four years until his trial, yes, and yeah. then and then was just like, yeah, the the jury thinks you did it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like that's not an investigation. That's a who done it point and and point and shoot. So his his lawyer during the the early two thousands. Alan Baum said that that case, him getting that life sentence, was the greatest failure of his like over fifty years in law. That is his greatest failure. Yeah, because and, it is. And he, and to this day, he still thinks like, he still he still says that Jeff is innocent, and um, like he stands by that. So, do you do you remember why I said that there was clothes in the wash, those blue jeans, right? Mm-hmm. The, so they had been through the washing machine. How is there a perfect receipt? If you've ever put a receipt in, in water, in water, it gets destroyed. So imagine you have a, a receipt inside a pair of jeans and they go through the washing machine. How And it, it's gone through this whole well, murder scene. If it, was, if it was folded up in a pocket. How does it not have any blood on it? <laughs> It's, in a, it's inside the pocket. The the blood is on the jeans, not the po- not the receipt. Okay, but just from the sheer amount of blood, it doesn't matter. And also, when you when you put and they're dry too. Remember the the you have to put the receipt through the dryer. If you ever put a receipt through the dryer, it gets all messed up. If it's still in the pocket, and there's though, there's thirty coins inside the pockets too. How would all thirty coins stay inside the pockets? I don't know. That one don't make that's no sense. That's what I'm saying. The, the coins. You know, that's where you got me. Well, that's your. That's yeah. Are these so like what that, kind of jeans are these? Are these skinny jeans? No, they're it's the mm. it's the eighties. They're like regular like baggy jeans. Well, and they're so also they, they're guy jeans, right? Yeah. Did they ever compare the size to Jeff? Did they ever think to do that? He's like a really like skinny kid. That's what I figured. I was like, are these like really skinny jeans? No, no, they're not skinny. They're like regular like. I mean, I know they're jeans. regular, but I'm saying like, are they his size? They're a little baggy on them. Like, okay. from just, like, looking at them, they look like they would be baggy um, on them. Also, um... It's also, they, g- they guy were also pockets packaged. are deeper. Guy pockets are deep. You know, like, I don't know if... I, I don't know. They were packaged in a brown paper grocery bag, and they were never... They were never, um... Like, it's not checked in, but they were never registered at the original murder scene. Like, there's no, like, they just, like, appeared out of nowhere when it came, like, in the 2000s. So the, they weren't even, like... 
Yeah, like in the two thousands, like they, the so the like new 20, investigator 20 years for the later, case, they're like, yeah, they're like, we found pants? these jeans. We found these jeans. Oh, okay, so that wasn't even there in the eighties. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they, but so Frances Watson, she's a post conviction specialist, and so she thinks that he's completely innocent, and so she thinks that the new investigator just to get like basically like street cred had reopened this cold case specifically to get jeff and found these blue jeans in the in like the back of like the uh the evidence room saw them there and was like there's these blue jeans even though everybody saw him in these blue jeans and like literally like after the murder so how could they be in the wash if he was wearing them at darla's house which like you know what i mean yeah like it had to have happened at yeah yeah, so so these blue jeans, he, that's why they were in the washing machine. I, I believe it. I, I honestly, I agree with this. Uh, who, did, who did you say that this this lady was? Frances Watson. She's like, it's all made up. Like, he yeah, literally, no, like, I believe it. He, he just started finding things, and he was like, he was oh, like, yeah. I've, I've got it. No. I, no. I, I solved it. You're I not gonna, the you, same you don't evidence. get to open cold cases for your street cred, Mr. New so, Prosecutor. You have to actually do the work and actually convict real criminals, not yeah. innocent orphans. So, she says that these are the jeans that would have been probably, like, in the trunk of his car after he changed into his tux. Yeah, that, I mean, and that's, that's what And that's why I they're do. in the brown paper bag. They're yeah. in a grocery bag. Because, like, when he changed out of them, he was just like, okay, I'm gonna put them in the bag, I'm gonna put them in the back of my trunk. Yeah. And so, basically, Frances Watson right now, she's petitioning for post-conviction release. So, it's basically, the judge hears the trial completely new. You know, like like with with no prior new judge, knowledge new jury, of the case. like no, yeah. And it'll it'll vacate it'll vacate the former charges, but he'll face the charges again against a against like a new uh, like a new group mm-hmm. or a new jury. So she's saying that she's saying a couple of things, but one of the things that she's saying was ineffective counsel. So basically, that Baum was incompetent. Okay. You know, that there's, like... And and he doesn't care. He says, like, he says, yeah, I completely agree. Like, so... And then on top of that, she's also saying there has to be misconduct because, one, there's no proof that these jeans were even washed. They were actually soiled, right? Oh. Which, in... They, they, had, been, they had been worn. And this is a quadruple murder case. They're not They're not going to have, like... Yeah, they're not going to be like, just, like, nothing. There's no DNA worn, evidence on like, There's going to be, like, blood all over they them. Said, they said that they were still washed. They're still... Sorry, they're still wet from the washing machine, right? Supposedly, they said they were still wet. Right? So, you're going to put a pair of wet jeans, which in holds plastic, water like crazy... Or in a paper in bag. In a paper bag. <laughs> in a paper bag? In a paper receipt no. bag? In the, the bag? And, no, because the bag would crumble. The And the receipt matches the bag it's from the same grocery store oh yeah <laughs> so where do you think this receipt came from it doesn't seem like it's the jeans it's not the jeans yeah it's not the jeans receipt exactly <laughs> it's, the- and then it's the- like a Publix receipt and they're like the jury- yeah this is for the yeah. jeans <laughs> like what and was the- did they ever say what was written on the receipt like- <laughs> I-, I don't know i think i think it was like and then and then the 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 where he went to the house that he went to so he could meet up with all his friends for prom worked at the grocery store 
So if he oh, changed, so it was she could have given him the bag and been like, oh, yeah. Oh, like, like here for I your clothes. Extra. Yeah. Dude. I know. And so, and that, this is like the damning piece of evidence. And so, and then even those, remember those, wa- those wet washcloths? Yeah. So they actually got like a washcloth professional. <laughs> and they said that. It, that there's no way that over like six hours from when those washcloths had initially been wet that they would still be wet at that point they would have to be dry which doesn't make sense because if he killed them at around what would it have it would have been like from it would have had to be in that in that time like slot five ish around the, from the five fifteen no to, to whatever slot or yeah well, because, I guess because when they found the body it had already been it was supposed to be that morning sunday morning at church and i think it was maybe like around like 10 or so you know what i mean there's no way like how would they still be wet it would have had to been when he was driving to six flags yeah and so basically yeah that that's a whole mess but so then if if the killer is not jeff then who is it so Bob Pelly had worked for um, like an investment bank here in Florida. And so what happened was supposedly in that bank, and we actually at this point we know it for a fact, but in that bank there was huge cases of fraud. And I mean like pretty much like in like the millions of dollars, like insane amount of fraud. And so Bob Pelly he was like a, a pretty religious man. He went to his pastor and he said that he was like, that he was like freaking out. So, and he said that people were going to start coming after him and he was scared for his life and he was scared for his family. And so, and then the week after he had gone and found out about the job for being a pastor in the middle of Indiana. So he basically left Florida, moved to Indiana, and became a pastor, which before he was he was working in an investment bank. Like, why would he become a pastor? Like, that's so random. Yeah, exactly. So the idea is, because think, at the same time, Jeff is a teenager. If he's killing his family, why is he picking up the shell casings? Like, why is he be This is, like, he's so, not, like, methodical. Yeah, like... You have so, to thought of that's because that's really specific. And somebody else from that same investment investment bank had actually been murdered, and it was the he had been like buried in like the middle of like the swamp in Florida, and it was the same thing. It was like a really really like methodical. They had thought he had gone missing. They had no idea that he was dead. Hmm. So they think that this would have been either because supposedly some of the fraud that had been going on in the bank some of it had been linked to um to like uh like drug sales and like gang activity and stuff like that so they think that it might have been like a hit from like a gang or a mob wow Be- because it i'm because it t- so, it's in the like, millions it so of dollars crisp, it was crazy right? yeah it's like so because yeah which is crazy but it's still the case is still ongoing now and hmm. it's really crazy because think about so it. So is like, Jeff still in jail right now? Yes, he's still in jail. Poor Jeff. I know. I I think that like I think it's very unlikely that Jeff did it. Yeah, he and could I have, but like, I don't think so. I think that the the way that I just think he's a weird kid. 
<laughs> I think that he's just weird. I think, I think that, he's just like, a weird kid. <laughs> I think also, like, a couple years earlier, like, his mom had just died, right? He gets moved to the middle of nowhere, Indiana, from Florida. And I forgot where specifically in Florida they're from, but it's, like, it's like a pretty, it's, like, a bigger city. It's, like, a nice area in Florida. I've been to so, Indiana and Florida, and I'm sorry, Indiana, but, uh... But this, I, anywhere in Florida is just it's to me at least as a Floridian it's just better f- environment for myself so he probably wasn't yeah. too upset about being like well now I'm out of Indiana that's that's what I'm saying so I just feel like like I feel like he just has those kind of like what can you do about it mindsets if you want if you want more information about this case if you look at um uh, Crime Junkies, their initial episode, and Counter Clock, which goes into more information about all the stuff that's happening with like the investment bank and all the other stuff. It's crazy. There's just so much about this case. But yeah. Cool. Thank you for sharing with us, Alex. <laughs> I know. These back to back potential murder episodes. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I guess that's it for today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.